Welcome to Elevate. My name is Ellie Stiles, intuitive channeler, yoga instructor, and holistic wellness enthusiast. I am bringing you conversations to help guide you towards better ways of thinking, feeling, and doing. If you push play today, know that you are in the right place at the right time and there are messages for you. I am so grateful that you're here and I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation. Let's begin. Welcome back to episode three of Elevate with Ellie Styles. I'm so happy that you're here. We have Rachel Davenport back for a second episode. I just couldn't wait to have her back on already. She is full of wisdom and this episode will just speak for itself. We talk about releasing control, how to step into ease and the energy of receiving how our bodies can reveal to us when we are are not in alignment and why we resist positive change, how to recondition your mind, having faith in something bigger than you, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to Elevate, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me, Ellie. I'm so happy you're here, and I know our listeners will be thrilled, too, because you had so much to offer in our previous episode on CST, so I can't wait to dive into more. That's wonderful. It's wonderful to be here and and to just experience and be present, and um, for all the viewers, too, thank you for being here with us. What would you say to someone who is currently suffering? Yeah. Suffering is, it's a state it's a state of being and we're in a state of being right being human so that's that's to understand two things number one states come and go states happen to us when we need to experience and receive the message now I wouldn't go and offer to say that suffering is needed at the same time as I would say suffering offers us the opportunity to release from it it's almost to say that if we don't know what we're experiencing if we don't see it before our eyes how do we actually access it how do we come to terms with it so I encourage those that are experiencing suffering, whether it's of loss or of, of a gain of some sort that's creating burden or hardship, I offer the opportunity to look at suffering and say, I acknowledge you and I honor that this is a part of a state of my being. And I, at the same time, when it's time to release from suffering, to acknowledge its existence and then its exit. I think that's a really mm-hmm. important thing is to acknowledge that suffering is a part of our experience. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I wish those well that are going through that journey. It's, it's not an easy one, and it's a road that's traveled. Uh, it's not the one that we want to travel, but mm-hmm. it's, it is one we travel, and I do see that we can benefit from, from that experience and wishing it well on its way out. Mm-hmm. How do we move from suffering into joy? Yeah, yeah joy is such an eternal uh, system for me, right? Joy is... Joy is, is not so much an emotion, right? Like happiness is, to me, is an emotion and, and that's a state, right? Much like suffering is. Whereas joy, I think, is this, it's this eternal position. It's a position, it's seated in an eternal space. Because joy comes from the notion that no matter where you are, you are content with where that is. Whatever state you exist mm-hmm. in, in this moment, you can experience joy at the same time. And joy, in and of itself, is just this. It's the eternal state of acceptance. And, and you can receive, you can allow things to move through you, for you, right? Even if there's resistance, there's still joy there. Yes. Yeah. 
and I wonder if, if others that experience joy can see it that way because it, it's an expression of joy too, right? There's that expression and there's states of that expression where joy can be so overwhelming. You know, you, you could just feel almost this elation, you know, this idea that, wow, you know, I'm on a cloud nine sort of feeling, right? And joy can also allow you to feel somewhat removed from other emotions and it can almost feel isolating where you're just so uh, tunnel vision. This is just, this is all there is, is this understanding of I am one with the creator. I am one with the eternal place. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm still human. So there's almost that disconnect sometimes. But joy does remind us that we have an eternal side to us and it's okay to visit that. It's okay to visit that place. And I believe we'll all be there one day, soon to come, sooner than we believe. <laughs> so if someone isn't quite ready to move out of their state of suffering, mm -hmm. What do you feel like is the first step towards initiating change? Hmm. That's a great question, Ellie. And it's a challenging question because I think I've had to go through that experience, as I'm sure others have too, um, to, to live in that place right, of suffering. It's, it is that acknowledgement, right, still, that I'm here for some time. And time is such an interesting construct because it's, it's created and lives for humans' existence, right? We, we understand time as, as a matter of clock of a of a calendar gregorian what have you you know under a fashion of this is when things take place at the very same time as states don't know our understanding of time necessarily right they don't acknowledge it the same way they, they just are states are a place of being mm -hmm. so suffering if it's a state that you're in acknowledging it allowing it to be what it is in your life but at the same time identifying with the notion that there is an eternal space. There is joy. There is peace. Another place of eternal of eternal being is peace, I believe, and unharmony or unity, some, some might say. And saying to yourself, if that's for me, it's going to enter exactly when I'm ready to receive it, as much as I was receiving this moment in my suffering, in my moment of trial or my moment of challenge. I'm receiving it. I'm acknowledging it as a part of where, where I'm at. So in that trust of timing, you know, yeah. and trust that those states will inevitably shift, mm. when do we know when to release a state that we're experiencing? When do we know that we're holding on to it yeah. for too long? Isn't that the question? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is the question. Yeah. Yeah. That timing, right? And I'm wondering if others see it the way I, or I've experienced it, right? But I'll share my experience for sure because I want it to be, you know, heard from that perspective. And I'm thankful that you asked me as well. You know it's time to release when something doesn't sit well with your being. So what does that mean, right? If you're moving through the world and you feel that unifying force, right? You're walking into the grocery store, you're leaving, you're exiting, you're going to the street, and things just feel like they're flowing there's a flow there right there's no resistance there's not you know where's my my tote bag to go get the groceries where you know now I'm seated at a traffic light and I'm late for this point right there's a lot of clues I think we're given a lot of messages you might say and I, re I receive mm -hmm. messages some might even call them signs that hey you know maybe I'm not exactly where I need to be in terms of my my state of alignment this is, you know, maybe I've been holding on to something. Um, for me, for example, that might be this idea of, of I want to say organization, but control. You know, let's just call it what it is. That's, that's the name of that face is control. 
you know, that I want to make sure things pan out a certain way and my days flow in a certain manner. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm in alignment just because I have this notion of time and where it's constructed for my benefit, right? There's, I'm being used by a greater force, I believe, to, for unity. And each one of us has that capacity, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the one lived experience we're here to be in communion, to be in fellowship, to be unified. So I want to know what that looks like. And I think that when I know it's time for me to release from that, things start to come together and experiences that I never knew were for me present themselves, much like a gift. And I've had that experience with you where you and I encountered each other on our first meeting. The yeah. first day we met, I felt that, that pull that, you know, I have to get to this next appointment, but there's someone here and there's a spiritual invitation that I need to receive right now and accept. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to have what is this beautiful, flourishing, bountiful connection. And I'm just so forever thankful that I released from that moment of control or that, that space where I was held to that one idea, that fixed notion of what is for me or what is not for me. Of course. Yeah. Do you think that in that state of control, I, I know there's a lot of ways that we can manifest an outcome that we desire. Yeah. So what is that fine line of staying true to our desires and honoring those and calling in, you know, calling in what is for us or what we believe is for us and then inviting that ease in and really that surrender. Do you believe mm -hmm. that it's, it's all surrender on one side in order to receive what we're supposed to or do you think there is a role that we play to make those things happen? Yeah, you're asking amazing questions. <laughs> These are like... This is, the, this is the big hitters, and I'm, I'm so thankful yeah. that we're able to get to that place, right? Because we do have a lot in the way of free will, self-will, maybe you might call it, to where we can make decisions that influence the path, where we're going to go, what's our next steps. And ultimately, I believe, we have a destination. Yeah. I don't know that we know how to arrive to it right, in and of itself, that we know what the destination looks like, how it's going to appear to us, and what timing. However, we understand that there are decisions to be made to get to that place. And I think that's kind of that human lived experience is that we're supposed to go step by step mm -hmm. on the path to get to the you know, final destination, so to speak. So with due to knowing and understanding where we're supposed to be on that path, I wanna say it's definitely a matter of releasing, in my experience. I think all of us have come into this life accepting a script. Some of us, uh, you know, we wanted <laughs> the lead role, so to speak, or we wanted some sort of, we wanted to play some part in this experience with others here in this space on earth um, in this moment. And if we stick to that script, right, so to speak. I think that we are aiming towards our destiny at the very same time as we have to invite the opportunity for others to live their role out. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has that same level of awareness of their role. They did receive the script, but maybe they haven't you know, read the lines or they don't know how to be in accordance with the others that are fitting in their roles. So for me to kind of say it that way is to say, I, I think it's improvisational, right? I know what role I was given 
in my level of awareness. And at the same time, I know that there's others that may have levels of awareness that differ from mine, greater or lesser even. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to be available to that understanding so that if I can expand in my role, right, and release to the notion that there's more that I can learn when someone else is stepping into their role, mm -hmm. it's just going to expand us both. And it's going to expand the path by which we can then travel together, right? It's not so narrow anymore. It invites so much more, so much more opportunity. How do we release that control? Mm. It's a daily thing, isn't it? Yeah. For me, anyway. Is, yeah. it, is it for you as well, would you say? Definitely. Yeah. It's been a big theme this year to take a back seat. Yeah. And I've experienced more direction and... I've been more in the receiving mode by being in the backseat, you mm, know? Yeah. And I think it ultimately comes down to trusting in a greater power that you're going to be led exactly where you're supposed to be. And you can go no wrong way. There's no wrong path. There's no wrong door because ultimately you always be led in such an intentional way. I do believe that there's a level of awareness that you need to have to, you know, tune in and to listen to that inner guidance. But I do believe that that guidance is there and that we don't have to be so hands-on. But I think that's such a conditioned way of being, especially in the States, uh, primarily is you know, if we have control over this, we're going to get the desired outcome. Or the more work that we do, the more steps that we take, the more action, we're ultimately going to receive the outcome we desire quicker, um, better, and we're gonna feel more productive or successful and it's gonna bring some meaning of fulfillment, like this yeah. work hard, <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears. Sure. But that feminine energy of receiving and being open and being open to being led mm -hmm. is, to me, in my opinion, the path to your destiny and to receive all that you're supposed to. Yeah, that's beautifully said and, and stated. I, I couldn't agree more. And at the same time, how to release from control is how to release from our preconceived notions of our role. Yeah, you've just refocused me there and to notice that. And I appreciate how I can see where you've been shown things and that at the same time as you're speaking, right, I'm releasing from my own sense of control. Yeah. <laughs> what I've ever understood, right? Because we, we both offer a perspective. You know, everybody has a, maybe a, a tinge of a different perspective, right? They might have some shared beliefs and value systems, but everyone's got, walks through the world and sees colors differently even. Yeah. Right? Our lived experience is so varied. And to receive that and understand that this is a, a universal experience, right? Like you mentioned, here we are in one culture. We're devised of many, you know, we're, we're of many. So to not abandon that notion of, you know, we're, we are a part of this culture, but at the same time, how do we invite in the notion of that there's other cultures and there's other areas, there's, there's distal stars and, and moons and galaxies to us, right? In this one period of time, so to speak, that construct. Because the construct does serve us, I think. And I don't know if that's, that resonates with some, but, you know, there is, there is a reason for the construct. There's a reason for our institution and there's a reason for our human experience. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to see it balanced out with that notion of, hey, I'm going to release from that and recognize that there's more to this 
than the one the one side, the one dimension, the one dimensional living. Absolutely. You mentioned the signs of being not being in alignment. I know that there are a lot of outer signs in our external world and emotional ones as well. Um, just coming from your your perspective and the studies that you're doing right now um, as a naturopathic doctor, soon to be. <laughs> um, what are those physical signs? What are, what are, how do our bodies show us that we are not in alignment? Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting because I see it often, right? <laughs> I see the physical body. And as a, as a naturopathic doctoral student and clinician, you know, it's, it's, it's like, okay, here's what the it's presenting the patient, right? The patient will walk in and the first thing we ask is, you know, what's the chief presentation? How does the body look? You know, before even asking a question, we do this visual scan, you know, that's, that's a huge part of the role of a doctor is to take in that de- that detailed information of what's the body doing or what is it not doing perhaps. And what I've known and understood now from my integration of education between Eastern and Western medicine is that what the body presents is a spiritual affect, right? So whatever's occurring in the spirit is going to show up in the body. Mm. Um, a good example that I can think of would be um, a patient that would come in, an athlete, uh, younger younger adult, and he was constantly rolling his ankles, constantly having you know issues with the lower body, and something about you know looking at his 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 figure, right? He was very much in shape, you might say, you know, from from a standard. You know, he, he seemed to be well off in his health for the most part. But there was this one slip up, so to speak. He kept slipping. He kept tripping. He kept mm. falling. He couldn't move forward. And so I needed to understand what that looked like, right? That spiritual affect showing up in the physical. And I said, simply put, you know, how are you feeling about next steps in your life? Like, where are you at with that? And it just completely changed what was going on in that physical moment, right? He... It's almost like I saw a morphism in his person, in his own body, because right, the spirit was awakening in the body. And he said, I don't know if I can continue on being, you know, towards my professional athletic career. And it's really shaping what is my identity and I'm questioning my identity and what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. So the physical body really lends, again, those hints. That's incredible. Yeah, those clues. That is so symbolic. Yeah. Absolutely. What did his healing process look like physically, or, or was there more emotional, spiritual instruction? Yeah, that's so great. It's it's so great that we can do both in integrative, yeah. you know, care. It, and I love that approach. That it's it's the whole, the mind, body, and spirit. They're bodies, but they all come together as a whole, as a one. So in visiting that with this patient who was, you know, chronically um, experiencing these these symptoms with his ankle. And affected by that, you know, naturally we, we do treat the physical body, you know, in naturopathic medicine. So there is um, adjustment work to be done and, you know, sort of a chiropractic, a kinesiology approach and making sure that we can see the body in alignment in that respect. But at the same time, you know, he was offered the opportunity to journal and, you know, discuss about his journey. What's he going through on a day-to-day basis? And it could be as simple as, you know, today I had a really great practice and, you know, I had my pre-workout and that was it, right? Or, hey, you know, I, I really struggled today and I saw where I wanted to improve in the game and how that transfers. There's application there, right? What was going on in his life could be applied to different areas of his life. 
And when he would come in and share his journal in subsequent weeks from that appointment when we first met, I saw an evolved person in his body as well as his spirit because I think they were, they were coordinating together. Right? The more he started to kind of actualize like what was his next steps in life and where he was going, he was being led, mm-hmm. right? There was healing and I saw in his physical body. Now, some, some might say, well, all right, was he already on his path to healing because of the adjustments and vice versa? I would say, and I maintain that I think they were both needed at the same time. Sure. Yeah, there was, it was a synergistic approach that was taken and that was definitely needed. Definitely needed in this case. And I was happy to see him on his healing way. That's amazing. I know yeah. not everyone will take the steps to to progress in, and work on themselves. And in this case, you know, someone given instructions to better themselves and heal, he took them and had a positive result. Why do some of us struggle with choosing those choices? Like why does someone experience resistance to things that they know are going to better them? I have two words and they're <laughs> two words that come to mind immediately, right? Yeah. Comfortability. Okay. And then biology, which don't seem like they come together maybe right away, but I can draw that connection. Biologically speaking, we're built on systems and they come together, right? That whole that whole system comes together, right? And there's different organ systems, there's different, you know, how the different ties see themselves is meaningful. And if we understand that, we also understand that biologically speaking, we have to live in cycles. The body requires certain cycles to take place, be it the Krebs cycle, you know, how it feels mitochondrial growth and, and met- metabolic states in our body. Same is true when we're going through a healing crisis, right? There's a healing cycle. You may start at harm and go towards healing and then you might come back around and that can keep happening, right? To some effect in, in some amount of time. When someone is going through a cycle, I recognize, and be this a mental, emotional, physical, spiritual cycle, I recognize that that is what the body, that person's body, believes it needs to survive. And um, no truer example than um, some of my mental health patients that come in for addictions. You know, I look at someone with addictions with the vision that I say is, you know, of a higher vision, which I say, this person's body wants to live. It believes this is a part of the cycle, is to continue to be one with this experience and take in what it needs and it believes it needs to survive. So we have to condition the body in that way, right? The body has been conditioned to believe it needs something to survive. And we don't necessarily want to remove that thing per se, but we want to recondition and say, what what does the body truly need, right? Because I think everything in balance is what the body truly seeks, the, the whole body, when I say spirit, mind, and heart, and, and physical. It really does want balance, but it doesn't always know how to achieve it. So it's a step-by-step process, and I would say that most people that experience naturopathic medicine are always happy to see the progress is slow because they know that the body's truly responding to it, right? It's not a phase, it's not a fad, it's not, well, here's uh, a robbing Peter to pay Paul, we're trading um, a substance for another substance, even a medication or an herb, right? We're actually taking the time, we're doing the hard work, we're going to the heart of the matter, quite literally, mm-hmm. and making sure that it shines through the body, that it radiates what the expression of that person's true state and self should reflect. How do we recondition? Right. 
how do we recondition? <laughs> individual question, individual answer. Mm. Really and truly. For an example of uh, one of the patients that I've experienced that is working through a lot of reconditioning. She's, uh, she's been suffering with uh, depressive episodes and where she you know, values her life at the same time as she doesn't know where she fits it all in and where it belongs to her and what belongs to her and her identity I think is also in question as she's stated it to me. She and I have been working on this notion of self-talk what is valuable to you? Why is it valuable to you, right? Sometimes we have to say, yeah, why is that valuable to me? Was that, was that something I received when I was younger? Was that, some, was that a pattern? Was that a cycle yeah. that I've been traveling in for some time? And where did that begin? Yeah. Right? Because much like if you go to the gym, well, where did, where did it all begin? How did I get these wonderful biceps, right? <laughs> right? Well, I guess I started. She does have great biceps, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was just for sake of example, but I love that you said that. <laughs> I'm wearing a very baggy shirt. There's no way to tell, but <laughs> so complimentary. I honestly, I, I say that in, and I, and I laugh about it too, because it's like, yeah, where did that all begin? Where did I start that journey? Why did I want to start that journey? Was it important for me to feel self-empowered? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that okay? Absolutely. And is, is it still true to me today? What I'm actively doing to procure those muscles in my body? Is that exactly what I need? Does it feel right? And I think intuitively, if we're willing to go that route and say, what do I really feel about this right now? And really be honest with that, that question. How do I really feel about where I'm at with the cycle? It's going to really shape that next step of the cycle and that reconditioning of, hmm, maybe I need to take steps in a new direction. Mm-hmm. You mentioned self-talk. Yeah. And are there any examples either of your patients or yourself even of old self-talk patterns that you've experienced that you've shifted and kind of what the old was and what the new is totally totally oh me Uh, about about me Uh, a little about me right it's it's very true that self-talk has played a massive role not only for my patients but for myself self-talk when I look at years that of course by and what I used to think of myself and how I used to believe I walked in this world, in this space. I saw somebody who didn't feel that she was powerful enough, right? That I I needed something to sort of, you know, augment or make myself feel, you know, that I'm special enough to be doing what I'm doing. Mm Uh, and in this case, you know, working towards this journey of medicine, I, I think at one point in time, I, was, I received a message that, you know, I meant to go towards healing and, and pursue a doctoral degree. But that person at that time was not conditioned to believe that, right? Intuitively, cognitively, those two, those two entities were not coming together, those two understandings, those spheres of my person. And I think it took a long time, and I know it took a long time to start refashioning in those statements and saying, well, if I receive this message, there's, that's enough, right? I don't need to prove to anyone that I've done this, that, and the third. I'm going on this journey. I'm going to grow. Yeah. There's so much more to come. Mm-hmm. I want to be shaped. I want to be molded. I actually want to start learning about how to fail and feel how failure feels and not take it in as a, as a personalization, as a part of my identity that... I am I'm a failed person mm-hmm. rather than I experienced failure. I am not a suffering individual. Rather, I experience suffering. Mm-hmm. Right? It comes back to that understanding that this is a state of being 
And I can release from that notion that I am not going to be enough. Because truth be told, I may not always be enough, but I believe that I'm receiving exactly what I need to get to the next step, to then expand and become more than I am in this moment. Thank you for sharing. I think that notion or just belief that we are not enough comes up for so many. And I think it's a belief a lot of us fear to speak aloud or admit, you know, whether it's to ourselves or others. You know, as we connect back to patterns or incidents in in childhood and how that has shaped our idea and belief of worth, how do we, okay, so say I identify, you know, whether it was a parent, a sibling, you know, a trusted adult in that development mental time, and I acknowledge the incident that may have been the root of where that belief was created. Hmm. And I recognize that, and then I also recognize what that belief is today. How do I change that belief? You know, once I've ha- once I hold the awareness of where that came from, and I recognize that it is not my own, and that it came from something else. But here it is, you know, being embodied. How do I make a change? Yeah, it starts with real life application, right? We do have to take physical, real life steps, right? We can we can talk about and bounce around the different spiritual affects, right? You know, that we can receive something and say, hey, I'm ready to make a change. And then the mind receives that. Once that's taken place, now we need to take those like real life, physical, possibly, you know, applications, next steps. So if I'm looking to make a change and I want to see myself as somebody who is empowered, right? Someone who's Mm -hmm. free to be who they are, as they are, enough as they are, then I need to start taking in experiences that reaffirm that. Right? So I, I take inventory. Number one, I say I take inventory of where I'm, what I'm doing in the day. Right? So if I'm in, going throughout my day and I'm you know, working in corporate America, let's say, and I'm working under a boss who's you know, giving me certain orders, and I start to say, well, does this resonate with me? And if it doesn't, right? I quit my job? Well, maybe. But we might, that, that might be the next step for some people. It could be. Right? It could, that could be a very big, big next step. But some might say, all right, let me take small shifts to get there because I need to sure. feel like, is this actually where I'm at? Is this, is this role, am I growing into it? Am I growing out of it? And how can I start speaking to that each and every day, right? And even small responses, how you respond to that boss in an email, how you walk through the office and address people, just mm-hmm. letting them know that I view myself as someone who's loved and someone who's appreciated. And that sort of lived experience, being true to it, somehow... It shapes everyone else's experience, whether it's in that moment or not. It plants a seed, right? As we're talking about roots, we have to plant new seeds. Right. And those old roots won't survive if we're not giving them that attention as we are with those planted seeds that we're watering. We reaffirm, we continue on the same cycle. And for some, that's as simple as, you know, demonstrating I wake up and I say to myself, I'm loved. I start my day off with a devotional maybe a spiritual reading of some sort that acknowledges where I want to be and where I'm going and that I also have a root and I have a past, but I am planting new seeds and I want to see them grow. Mm-hmm. Something I've struggled with is in planting those new seeds in that initial phase, saying things out loud and not believing them. And, you know, whether it's, you know, the other day I was 
not in a, in a high vibration and I really wanted to express gratitude, but I was resisting the gratitude. Like mm. I was like, I don't want to be grateful today. <laughs> um, and I yeah. felt really resistant towards it. Um, and I, I think that in, in that moment, I had to acknowledge, you know, what wasn't working in my life, mm. but also simultaneously acknowledging what was and being grateful for that. But what sort of affirmation can we give to ourselves in that initial planting the seed phase that, yeah, we might not fully believe that yet, but we want to. Absolutely. And it's so important because I think that the one affirmation that consistently comes up each and every day of my life since I started to do this reconditioning process, Ellie, is I am one with grace. I am one by grace. I'm victorious because I allow myself to experience grace. And when we say grace, we're talking about sometimes there will be resistance and that's mm-hmm. okay. I receive the fact that maybe this isn't the easiest day. Maybe there's something going on in the world that's showing me that I need to just take a step back and say, hey, I can't do exactly what I wanted to do today, but I'm also okay with that because tomorrow's another day. And there's an opportunity there, be it in this sphere or the next, right? In this, you know, limited space or the more eternal space. There's an opportunity for grace and we can receive it. So, for example, if I am not able to get up tomorrow morning and, and feel connected to grace mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say I'm all right with that I'm okay with that and somehow I think it reinvites in more <laughs> gratitude which then opens yeah. the heart to then say you know actually maybe there's more room here than I thought mm-hmm. right because I think a lot of that experience is, is like a plateau right you get to a place where you've all right I think I'm growing now and all right what's that supposed to look like you know like now I'm at this place I've been at this place for a long time what's the next step from here mm-hmm. keep inviting in grace and I think you'll be surprised. That's, that's what I want to say to those that are experiencing a struggle of, what do I do? How can I take the next step? I don't feel I'm in my authentic, authentic place right yet. I love that. Yeah, I think acknowledging where you're at and honoring it. And then just honoring the desire to be in a different space. But I was listening to Abraham Hicks the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and she said something along the lines of, you can't desire something that is that differs from the present moment. Essentially saying, say we're trying to call in love in our life or gratitude mm-hmm. and we're, you know, desire, 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 but we're simultaneously acknowledging that it's not there in that moment. She kind of speaks to that not you're just going to essentially accentuate the lack of in your life. Mm-hmm. when you are calling things in in your life you know what is your process with that yeah that's that's so interesting because you're absolutely right it can invite in this notion of I'm calling it because I don't have it the way I fashion that statement um, as brilliant brilliantly demonstrated by Abraham Hicks a wonderful teacher I say to myself there is abundance for me but I have to be willing to receive it mm-hmm. I, did, I say to myself, with all empowerment and attached to the statement, mm-hmm. I, I have the authority to limit myself right now mm-hmm. and say that, you know, I, I just, there's not enough space for me here. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm too small, I'm too this, I'm too that, or the other, right? 
but I can also say there's so much abundance for me that I have not chosen to receive yet. And today I'm going to choose that. Mm -hmm. Today I'm gonna see what that receiving feels like with my body. And I also receive the fact that that can take time because I've been conditioned to see myself in this one way. Mm -hmm. And this is so new to me. And I'm, I'm inviting myself to maybe something very new and that could, that could shape me. That could be something that may feel uncomfortable even at first. And when I start to feel that uncomfortability, then I go, oh, okay, now we're on to something. Yeah. When I start to feel shifts, when things don't feel exactly this, the way I've always known them, that's yeah. when I know that, okay, I am being accentuated. Yeah. And, I'm, and that's, that's brilliant. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful to experience. That uncomfortable state is usually the most abundant one. Because you know that you're growing and you're moving. Because we can't we can't stay in the same place forever. There's there's no growth there. Yeah, totally. And I think that comfortability and safety does create you know a sense of stability in our life, which is amazing. And I believe that we experience cycles of that. You know, like we go through this uncomfortable cycle, yeah. and then we meet stability and security, and then our ground kind of shakes again. And then we're, you know, pushed to the next phase of life. Yeah. How do we stay open to that change and, and open to the idea that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be on this roller coaster. You know, it's not going to be this straight line up. And we've talked about linear before. Yeah. But how do we really stay rooted in a dynamic of a human experience that is ever changing and I imagine just a line going up and down mm. but our feet just staying on the ground the whole time you mm. know just staying really grounded in the change yeah yeah and I think that that for me invites in a conversation of you know what grounds you is it is it your faith and where does mm. your faith lie I tend to say I will say from my own experience my own personal understanding that my faith is rooted in something that is not semi-permanent or temporary. And that helps me in so much to say is yes, that moving wavering line, that wave, the undulation of highs, lows, peaks, and valleys, that's my human experience. At the very same time as I'm also a spiritual entity that's rooted in an eternal state. So that rooted place of saying, I am an eternal being living a human experience. That is where I find myself to come back to that grounding, right? That shift to, huh, let me focus on why this is happening in the spiritual realm and then coming back to the human place, right? If the human place is feeling hard and waver, hard to stay on and it's wavering and it's feeling ungrounded, I go back to the place of eternal place, eternal, eternal mindset and go, I am grounded, I am rooted. This is just... This is a moment of the earth unsettling, but I'm yeah. I am forever planted here. That's beautiful. When you were talking about that, what came to mind was relationships and how a lot of times those can create that fishpole of like <laughs> this up or down and also anticipation of up and down mm. and how that can shake our ground so much. Yeah. You know, what would be your advice to someone, A, that has a lot of fears around around that sort of movement in a relationship, whether it be, you know, friendship, romantic, any sort of kind, 
Um, yeah, what would your advice be to them? Movement is medicine. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned, not only from my program and my experiences there, but in real life. When we're not moving, you know, in, in the physical realm here as we know it, technically, you know, we're not living. We're not thriving, per se. So movement, I want to encourage people that are, are challenged by the notion of movement and shifts. That movement is, is living. If you are moving, you are here dutifully <laughs> with purpose, right? And movement is going to come in so many different fashions. And speaking towards relationships and movements there, talk about uncomfortable. Talk about how movement can be very yeah. unsettling. I will say that some of the greatest experiences in my growth to date had to do with shifts and movements away from those comfortabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, in my own family, uh, those understandings happened when I moved out west to start uh, the medical program here in San Diego. There was so many shifts and I could feel them thousands of miles away on the east coast where my family lives. But at the same time, what I also felt was, okay, we're shifting and the dust is gonna settle and we're gonna see something brand new. We needed new because we were inviting in those cycles, those patterns, those conditionings that weren't serving any longer, mm -hmm. right? There were certain ties to relationships with my mother and my father and my brother and how we were all operating together as a family unit that wasn't really serving us towards progress, right? Each one of us has a journey even as a you know family union. And at the same time, there was a lot of stagnation. Stagnation became my impetus to say we need movement and then I was led um, spiritually guided towards this area of the world mm -hmm. and when I saw that physical movement then I started to recognize spiritual motions from my family when I started to connect with them right within the last couple of years I feel as if I'm talking to a new person mm -hmm. that can be a bittersweet feeling yeah to feel newness but I've said to myself Motion is medicine. This was the remedy, was to have things change yeah. and to experience change. Yeah, and I think for anyone either experiencing change right now or you're on the other side of change and you're looking back, it's important to just acknowledge the different steps in your path that led to where you are now. And to say, you know, this door closed so that all of these could open. Or this change happened so that I could meet these people or this experience. And I, it does come back to faith. And faith in something that is so much greater than you. And it can be whatever you want to label it as such. But this knowing that you are going to land where you need to be. And when your trust and faith is at that point and it's greater than your fears and it's greater than your doubts, mm -hmm. you will hardly be disappointed because you know there's a bigger plan and you know that you're exactly where you need to be. Yeah. Wow. Those are guided words. And I'm so thankful that you, you shared that because that is it. That's ultimate peace. It is. And joy, right? Yeah. That, that cultivation of joy, it, it's a process. And I'm yeah. so thankful for 
where everyone is on in meeting them and that level of their journey as a doctor outside of the office wherever I'm positioned I'm so grateful because it, it invites not only the opportunity for their change but for mine mm-hmm. it's reflective there's mm-hmm. so much reflection in who we meet and where we're showing ourselves mm-hmm. in other people so those relationships are so beautiful when we're ad- adaptive to change and willing to see what good can be produced from it as you noted that the fear is lessened by the fact that there's a greater faith to walk forward in. Mm-hmm. How can we open ourselves up to that greater power? I know mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic and really the religion didn't resonate with me. And so I, I found my spiritual practice through yoga mm-hmm. and I definitely abandoned the, the ideas of, what I had learned through the church Mm -hmm. but it's all sort of come full circle and integrated just into this simple idea that there is something bigger than me and whether I call that the universe spirit God Jesus all in one (laughs) you know for me it's just been this this rock in my life and this comfort and this surrender but I know it's really difficult to get there. And I know, especially if you've experienced hardship and suffering in your life, there can be anger and um, almost a, inf- or a um, I don't know if enforced was the right word, but <laughs> a reinforced notion mm. that this life is not working for you. Mm. And so how does someone in that space connect to the idea that life is working for you and there is a greater energy behind just your little self. <laughs> yeah. And we have such a great toolkit with everything we've been in discussion about with yeah. with gratitude and grace, right? If we can start off that platform, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, faith is just, it floods in, right? You say to yourself, I'm just so grateful to have a life right now in this very yeah. present moment. If we're yeah. seated here and... and thinking about this notion of I have a life I'm I'm here and I'm driven with purpose right because if we have a life there's a reason for that right it's not to say that you know life will be certain the next day but we are here and we have the opportunity to cultivate purpose I believe and then with that that surrender to but at the same time I don't have control I don't know what the next steps are and I'm not entirely sure I think faith will then reveal itself and the timing of which, right? Because there's so much about that timing piece that I don't want to ignore. Everybody has their time when they have that awakening. That's Absolutely. Right, this has come towards me. Now, for me, my awakening was that I would say that God and Jesus was knocking on the door of my heart, right? It's almost like he was just seated there like, like a perfect gentleman, I believe, <laughs> and just <laughs> saying, I'm going to be here until, it's t- until you're ready to receive I'm not going to intrude. I'm not going to barge. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be waiting at the, the doorstep of your heart for when you're ready to open and allow faith to enter. And, and the principles that come with that understanding of receiving God and Jesus in my belief system that God is always for love. You know, it, maybe it wasn't my first choice. Maybe my human experience didn't allow me to believe I had that choice or that mm-hmm. it wasn't for me. But then at that moment where I invited in grace and said, you know, I I am imperfect. I don't have it all figured out. That's when I realized that there was always a higher authority that was protecting me, 
not persecuting me. There was a higher authority that was loving me, not leaving me or abandoning me, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a higher authority that wanted what was best for me. And that was so different than anything I experienced in my life. And I knew that that was the higher calling. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my lived experience. It was something so separate. And in one respect, it's amazing to see both sides because now that I have that, that flourishing faith that I've been growing and cultivating over the years in my early adult life until the present day, yeah. I can share that faith with other people that say, yeah, I don't know what faith look like. it looks like. And I'll say, yeah, you know, neither did I. It took time and now I'm at that place and I'd love to go that place with you. I'd love to have those conversations. What does it look like to you? What, what feels like I'm invited into something bigger than myself and I can yeah. surrender to that and feel safe yeah. because it, I'm ultimately guarded, protected, and meant to be there in that place. Yeah. I think for, um, for my point in reaching, you know, crossing the bridge into, I don't have to carry this all on my own. I don't have to be in control at all times and I can Mm -hmm. surrender this. I can, you know, just fall down (laughs) to my knees and like open my arms up to something so much greater was this idea of what I was doing without a faith was not working. Mm. There was, there was resistance. There was dis-ease. There was pain. There was depression. And in that space and time, I had no faith, you know? And so I had to look at it in two doors and saying, okay, what I've been doing and and what I've what I'm waking up and thinking every day and feeling every day is not working. Mm. So why not explore this other door? You know, why not jump into trust? Why don't I just try it out? <laughs> right. And uh, you know, it it has proved time and time again that I am limitlessly supported. Yeah. And I personally don't go to church. I don't necessarily pray to a certain figure per se Mm. but I certainly just acknowledge this being of one and we are one like we we are one like source is us we are source we are a, a a an extension of source and I think when you can come to that realization and, and honor yourself as sacred and realize like the power that you have inside like you will just you will light up and you're you're gonna light others up and your path is just gonna it's gonna fall right in front of you it's so lovely how I got that an image of just the light right and yeah right some of us we we didn't know we were in the dark you know and that's why I love these conversations about faith because light enters when you're willing to receive it that's yeah. it it's fairly that simple and yeah. i love your exploration of faith and i love mine and i love how it's so individualized yeah i'm, I'm i feel so called to go into those spaces with people that mm. maybe they don't have that understanding experience before this right that you know what is a faith like you you ask me and i i love that i love that we even have to ask the question because that answer is available to the person the mm-hmm. question's there there's an answer mm-hmm. it's there 
Yeah, and if you're listening to this right now and you're experiencing resistance or any uncomfortable feelings are arising and just being like, you know, this is bullshit. (laughs) I've been there, you know? But just, I invite you, and Rachel touched on this earlier, like, take inventory. You know, what's working for you right now? What's not? Where are you putting most of your energy What's coming into your life? What what are the signs? What is your body telling you? Mm. Unrelated to a greater power. Just notice your surroundings. And really listen. Just like take a few minutes to be still with yourself and, and listen to the truth within that wants to come out. And notice if you've been ignoring that, you know. And just give yourself the space to observe. That's really mm. that's really the beginning, is just observation. And you can be there for as long as you want because I believe that everyone reaches their point when they're supposed to, whatever that looks like, whatever their capacity looks like. And we all have different capacities, you know? And we're not, you know, not all of us are going to be faith-driven people, you know? And that's okay too. So if you're not in that space, that's okay. (laughs) But it is something, it's a door worth opening if especially if you are not living the life that you want right now totally I love that yeah being led is so important you know in the direction that is true to you that that true self will show through and when you are in alignment in that way you know nothing forced nothing everything faith-driven and nothing forced is is my my kind of my go-to but for others I say what feels it true to you yeah Always that, follow that. Always, always. And that can shape and shift over time. And I'm, I'm available to that understanding too. Of course. Yeah, and I, and I love it actually. That's that whole movement as medicine. Yeah. And it's so exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, I think it can also bring a lot of peace when you accept that different pace um, that others will experience. And you just allow them to be there and allow yourself to be where you are. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to all be, you know, on the same path and moving at the same pace, you know? We move at different, I like like to think of it, you know, when you have those very um, just synergistic moments. (laughs) Totally. When you run into people and you're like, oh my gosh, perfect time, perfect place, perfect timing. And if they weren't moving at the pace they were and I wasn't moving at the pace I was, this wouldn't have, you know, or our paths wouldn't have crossed. Yeah, and just honoring each other exactly where we are, we are at. Like that yeah. is that is love, you know, and just being supportive and showing up. And I think that also just delivers a lot of inner peace. Yeah, how beautiful is that? It, with that being present and that that experience, which for some, you know, I didn't know what that meant for a long time. Yeah, I showed up. I was very timely, right? We go back to that notion of my calendar and the organization behind all that. You know, for many years as I worked in um, broadcast and media uh, in my first career. And, and for some reason, I, I, I couldn't equate that with being actually available, right? Being present, being available to being present were two different things. Yeah. Because I was there, but there was just, I was a cog, right? I was kind of moving at a certain motion and it wasn't true to my actual energy, right? My actual self spirit. It was just led by the notion of this is how a system needs to operate and I'm going to be as functional as possible in that system mm-hmm. rather than what is actually working for me. 
So I, it's, it's so well stated that what is working for you and just showing up and being present for that mm-hmm. is beautiful and needed. And you, you are honored in this moment. You are honored for doing that now. And even just being a listener in this state, whether you're traveling or you're walking or seated still completely, you're exactly where you need to be. I believe that with all mm-hmm. of who I am. Thank you. Thank you. As always, it's just so amazing to have you on. And I believe that you're, you will touch so many lives, truly. And I'm grateful for your presence now and for the future and just for, for everything that you are going to share with this world. It's such a gift and it's an honor to know you and to be invited into the space. I just cannot wait to see what next steps look like growth elevate <laughs> i I'm, I'm thrilled i'm so thrilled to be part of this journey and uh excited to see more healing to come mm. for myself Thank you and so much always always i hope you enjoyed this conversation with rachel as much as i did thank you so much for being here and cannot wait to continue this podcast and provide healing conversations for you guys so there will be an episode going out weekly um so something to to look forward to and if there's any feedback any comments any requests on topics questions feel free to send me a message on instagram at elevate with ellie styles have a beautiful day or night and I can't wait to be back here soon.